Everybody thinks, oh, I don't, I don't have enough money yet. I don't need to do anything. I don't need a will. I don't have kids. I don't. They always think about the death part of it. But estate planning is really so much more. There's more doc. There's only one document that deals with what do I do when I die. That's a will. Every other document in estate plan covers when you're alive. This is the real deal, where real estate meets real life. Whether you're a seasoned real estate expert, a first-time home buyer, or if you're simply passionate about hearing small business stories. This is the podcast for you. Join us as we dive deep into the world of real estate and beyond. Welcome to episode 27 of The Real Deal. I am your host, Janine Igliani, with my co-host, Ryan Hatcher. Hey, hey. And our guest today is Becky Chaluka. Becky is someone that I've known for, gosh... 10, 12 years? Maybe it's been 10 a while. 12, yeah. Um, we have worked together. We are in the same community and we're involved and run in the same circles. And so we're super excited to have you. So thanks Thank for being you. here. Thank you. It's good to be here. So tell us about yourself. I know that's like a super broad question. Yep, so I'm going to give broad. you freedom. So yay. <laughs> so I've been married for 30 years to an amazing guy named Rick. He's yes. really my better half. So uh, we have a 14-year-old son, live here in Power Ranch. It's super fun to have a teenager. I know a lot of people are always like, ugh. But he's a really cool kid. I'm like super lucky with him. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. We've we've that. been here for 20 years. I, I'm originally from California. Yes. I moved to Ohio for 10 years to be with my husband. Did 10 winters, and that's why wow. I am here. Yes. Because it yes. was 10 winters and I was done. Yes. So it literally was Thanksgiving. We sat down during Thanksgiving and um, we started having a five-year plan of, hey, where are we going to move next? That. What cities? And by the end of the second football game, it was, we're going to try these three cities. We're checking them out in the spring and we're moving by the fall. And so that's wow. exactly what happened. Can we ask what the three were? Yep. Phoenix area, of course, because okay. we ended up here. Um, um, Austin, Texas okay. and Sacramento. Oh, so that's interesting. We loved Austin. I'm really allergic to molds oh. and it's apparently the mold capital of the world. Is wow. it really? So I talked to do three doctors and they're like, you're going to have to live on shots if you come here. So I was like, no, we're not going not. to Austin, Texas. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then why Sacramento? So I'm originally from California. We were looking for where there was capitals because mm. with my jobs in the past, it was always politically related or lobbying or mm. stuff. So I wanted to be where there was um, some government mm -hmm. and structure in place. So. so then how did you get into law? Because I didn't know that about you. <gasps> yeah. So I didn't become an attorney until I moved here. Okay. So I was pre-law in college. Uh, wanted to be an attorney, loved Abraham Lincoln. He was mm. my inspiration since junior high school. He was self-taught attorney, just wanted to help people. And I always thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, always loved the Supreme Court, always loved legislation. I just always thought it was really interesting growing up. Uh, interned for an attorney in college and hated it. Mm. It was awful. Why? Uh, it was a husband and wife law firm, not the husband and wife law yeah. firm here, <laughs> just to clarify. Um, they just were just, they just were miserable. They were miserable people and they wow. were miserable at work. And, um, I was like, if this is what my life is going to look like, I don't want it. Yeah. What kind of law was it? Uh, they did immigration law. Mm. So that was one some of their main areas and in native American law too. It was, it was an interesting practice. Um, so I, I stopped that journey, did something else for a while. I, I ended up on a grand jury in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. It was a, a federal grand jury it was three days a month for nine months. Wow. It was eye-opening. It sucked. It, 
honestly, it was like not a fun, cl- a fun mm, case at all. So yeah. it was boring yeah. as all get out. And so I spent a lot of time with the prosecutors and they were like, no, you need to go back to law school. It's awesome. It's a great profession. The colleagues are amazing. And so I started thinking about it again okay. during that process. So let me ask you, because as you're talking, I'm thinking about my middle daughter. She's 15, Mm -hmm. almost 16, and she's mentioned that she thinks that she might want to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. What would you say to her? Have mom and dad pay for your college. Oh, great. (laughs) Didn't didn't mean to take you (laughs) down there. (laughs) Advice I was looking for, but okay. It's one of those things. If you really want to practice law, go be an attorney, go through the process. Law school was amazing. If you just want to have a law degree, don't do it. Don't spend the time. Don't spend the money. Go into something else. Because mm-hmm. if you're not going to actually use it, it's not worth the time or the money to, mm-hmm. to go after it. Mm-hmm. But there's so many areas of law and so many ways to help that if it's you're passionate about it, it can be an absolutely fantastic career. What would you say are some traits that would make a successful lawyer? Uh, somebody who likes to read. Okay. You read a lot. You read a lot and a lot and a lot. Um, someone who likes logic or puzzles. Because you have to do that a lot during law school. Maybe not as much in practice, depending on what practice you're doing. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of logic and figuring things out and putting pieces together and Mm -hmm. figuring out what fact is relevant and what fact isn't relevant. Mm -hmm. Um, So someone who kind of likes those types of games or processes or logic. Okay. You hear people talk about being argumentative. Mm -hmm. Not necessary. Not necessary. I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really good at it. (laughs) Ask my husband. Um, But no, it's one of those things, depending on the type of law you're in, you you may not want that at all. So there's all different kinds of, you know, ABCD personalities. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, You find your strength and you go with it. Yeah. So what kind of law do you practice? Estate planning. Okay. So we specialize in estate planning. We do probate and trust administration. I don't litigate anymore. I used to litigate. We we say it's, I'm a recovering litigator because that's what we say in in the field. Um, I really love helping families on the front end so they stay out of court. That's my passion. Because you've probably seen some not so good situations where people yeah. haven't done that. In, including my dad. My dad died when I was 19. Yes. Mm. Tell your story, so, Becky. Because your story, yeah. let me just say this, mm-hmm. you know, in our circles, we met through Aspire here mm-hmm. in Power Ranch. And I remember that was one of the coolest things we did. Our Aspire is a networking group and we would all kind of share our stories. And I loved that because I got to know these business owners on a personal level. And your story was really impactful. So please share it. I still remember. Yeah. So when I was 19, I was in college and um, my parents were divorced when I was very young, but my mom and dad still were very friendly and nice. But I was in college and it was a Friday night and um, my college roommate and I, Chrissy, we always did call it, you know, roommate, you know, bonding on Friday nights, which usually meant like some kind of food. (laughs) And we would always watch, um, some type of TV show that was, we were poor college students. So I was all excited, got off work from the library, went home and I was super excited to spend time with Chrissy. And she's like, Oh, your mom called. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. My mom actually hardly never calls me. So I called my mom and she's like, you need to sit down and, um, shared that my dad had had a heart attack and died. Chrissy left the room. I started crying. She couldn't handle it. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's how I found out. So, uh, flew, it was actually, um, it was January 16th. It was 1991, January 15th. The first Gulf war started. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, right as, and my dad's birthday was earlier. It was, I'm sorry, it was the 18th. So it was a few days after the Gulf war. I spoke to him the last time on the 16th after the Gulf war started, Mm. but getting through the airport to fly to Ohio was crazy. That's the first time they started doing complete shutdown. We didn't have TSA then, but Mm -hmm. they literally shut down everything. So nobody could even take me up to the airport. I had to do it by myself. 
Um, my sister and I were supposed to meet on a connecting flight in Texas. She missed the flight. Um, so I, I'm flying by myself, literally just, just to get to my dad's funeral. It was just, it was one of those surreal moments where I look back now, I'm like, I don't know how I functioned, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then going through the process, obviously the funeral was horrible, but nothing was really in place except for a will, which at least did some things, but mm -hmm. there was still a probate. There was still family fighting with his fiance at the time. Um, we were supposed to get his personal items. We didn't. I literally have maybe three pictures of my dad. Mm. Um, she has everything and probably doesn't even remember him because wow. they weren't even married at the time. So right. it was just a really ugly situation and just really helping families not have that process is just one of my biggest hopes is we could help as many families as we can avoid that. Yeah. That's really powerful. And, and when you, when you have it done and you have it done correctly, how amazing, right. For those families, yep. because the last thing that you want to be dealing with when you're mourning the passing of a loved one is all the other stuff that comes along mm -hmm. with it, which I, in my world, in our world, in real estate, right, we're the ones that are dealing with the families that are like fighting over selling a house and who gets mm -hmm. what and all of that. And we see it on our side. And on the flip side, when we deal with families that everything is perfectly outlined, there's no issues. It's Yes, there, it just it gives them the opportunity to grieve as they should. Right. Absolutely. And it's not even with estate planning. It's not even when somebody dies. A lot of people forget it's if you become incapacitated or if there's yes. an emergency while you're Good alive. Point. Do we have healthcare documents in place to say who can do what? I mean, it's, I think those documents for me, I mean, if you're dead and your family's fighting, you're not around to witness it. Right. right? So, yeah. Okay. But if you're alive and you're dealing with a traumatic injury and, and you now need people to come in and help you. And if they're fighting and dealing with, I mean, this happened to my mom too. My mom had a massive heart attack. She's here. Thank God. Mercy Gilbert is here because mm -hmm. they saved her life twice actually. Wow. Um, but I was there in the emergency room when she went down and I witnessed it. And I, to watch that is horrifying. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, going up when she was going to the cath lab and she was going into surgery and the nurse came up and she, they're like, well, this must be an awful day for you. And I'm like, my mom survived. This mm -hmm. is a great day. Mm -hmm. But I also knew exactly where all of her documents mm -hmm. were. And I'm not kidding. I thought of it in the emergency room as that was happening. I knew where everything was. I knew my brother-in-law was her power of attorney. Mm -hmm. My sister was power of attorney. I knew everything. Mm -hmm. And th that there was such a relief in that moment mm -hmm. that you just, instead of the panic, yeah, right? It's yeah. the relief. That's a great point. You know, my mom had a stroke and she was only 54. She had nothing and none of that. And she was in the hospital for 11 days before she got transferred to a different facility and I just think I got chills. It just, I remember it was so stressful because not only are we dealing with what's going on with my mom, she was in and out of ICU. Is she going to make it? Is she not going to, I had to get all of that stuff established mm -hmm. and it was so difficult. It mm -hmm. was so difficult and so stressful. I remember sitting in her, in her hospital room on the phone, trying to get in touch with whoever I needed to talk to, to get some of this stuff going. And it was incredibly stressful. So that's mm -hmm. such a great point. It adds to it. And, and even the things that we don't think about, I, I had a, a, two sisters once, uh, clients, their mom had been in some type of accident or stroke and was in the hospital for a while. They were trying to get into accounts to pay bills and stuff yes. that, that didn't happen. They never were able to. And then she passed. Well, then they got a notice in the mail literally the day after she passed saying the life insurance had expired. <gasps> And that it expired just a few days before she died because they didn't know where the bill was and how to pay it. Wow. So, wow. you know, just things that you don't think about that just 
add exponentially more difficulty when something happens. So what do you think prevents people from getting all that stuff ready? Two things. Procrastination is always the number one reason. It's, uh, I'll get around to it. It's Mm -hmm. not that important. It's much more fun to buy Christmas presents and go on vacation than it is to spend with an attorney. I get that. Mm -hmm. But procrastination is always number one. And for an older part of our generation, part of it is, I, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to think about it. I, if I think about it, it means I'm going to die quicker. Um, it's just a fear of hmm. having to address thinking about dying. Hmm. Um, let me ask you this, because this just came up. My oldest daughter's 18, mm-hmm. and someone had sent me something, and I had never even thought of this, mm-hmm. that I need to get some of those documents mm-hmm. for her as well. Yep. Can you talk about that? Yep. We call it our college protection plan. Actually, I just did a video on this with someone who a client of, we've had clients that my oldest client was 99, um, but my youngest clients have been 18 and it's exactly this. They're about, you know, graduating, they're turning 18 and parents realize, uh Oh, I forgot that they're an adult now and I really don't have any more rights. Well, what, what happened to me, my aha moment, not to cut you off, but we went to the doctors Mm -hmm. And they had to get her permission for me to go in the room with her. And I was like, what? Yes. Like I'm her mom. And it, and Elise was like, yeah, that's, yep. and it was one of those like ahas. Mm-hmm. And then also I'm paying for her college and they will not talk to me. Nope. She had to give them permission for yep. that too. So anyways, yeah. Yep. For permission too. So, um, powers of attorney, healthcare documents, those are the documents we want everyone know regardless of age to have, because again, those are documents that allow parents or whomever to come in, help make decisions, get access to information, HIPAA authorizations, um, so that you can act if something needs it. And so power of attorney and what healthcare power of attorney, financial power of attorney. There's two other um, documents called a living will and a HIPAA authorization. Those are two other healthcare documents. And those are the documents there. There was, this was not my client, but they had twin daughters. One of the daughters got into a car accident at 19. Well, parents don't realize you're, you're no longer involved. They had to go to court to get a guardianship because they had to decide whether or not to keep her on support or not. Didn't know, never had conversations Mm -hmm. regarding this. It's parents have a really hard time taking kids off support. Oh, I'm sure. I have a friend from high school, Eric. He he had a massive heart attack. He was um, in a facility for years because his parents couldn't do it in a coma. Wow. They couldn't do it. So So someone in either situation, 18-year-old, they need to get those documents. They're... Who cares what how old they are, right? They need mm-hmm. to have those. There's mm-hmm. no, I mean, as soon as you are 18, you should start mm-hmm. thinking about that and getting that plan because you never know, yep. right? Everybody thinks, oh, I don't, I don't have enough money yet. I don't need to do anything. I don't need a will. I don't have kids. I don't. They always think about the death part of it. Mm. But estate planning is really so much more. There's more doc. There's only one document that deals with what do I do when I die. That's mm-hmm. a will. Every other document in a estate plan covers when you're alive. Mm-hmm. So it's really the the more important of the documents, in my opinion. Um, and that's anyone over 18. Awesome. So how, how do people know that even if they've talked to an attorney, mm-hmm. how do they know that they have everything in order the way it's supposed to be? Um, I would say talk to an attorney who specializes in estate planning. Mm-hmm. This is one of those fields. We actually have the highest malpractice insurance wow. of all attorneys. Wow. It's one, it's like, you know, how like OBs are always yeah. like for mm-hmm. doctors. It's, it's estate planning attorneys. We have to know so many areas of law because it all connects with your estate, real estate, mm-hmm. right? Family law, if there's a divorce situation, community property, separate property issues, mm-hmm. um, bankruptcy law, mm-hmm. um, sometimes immigration law, tax law, of course. We have to know all these areas of law. So if it's somebody who's just um, doing this occasionally, I know multiple attorneys who are just using legalism. 
Wow. So I would just cut out the middleman at that point, just yeah. go to LegalZoom, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. So you really want to look for somebody who specializes in this area because there's just so much that goes on with it. Um, only people who spend a lot of their daily time in it are the ones that are going to really understand it. Mm. And then is this something that you should revisit over the years and update Absolutely. So we always tell people at least every two years, bring it back to your attorney so that they can go over are there any legal changes because the law changes. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to necessarily know when that happens, but that may greatly affect your documents. So for example, in 2020, the Secure Act came down. There's been a Secure Act 2 that has come down since then. Those are major legal changes to retirement accounts that affects estate planning. Um, other than that, we always tell people anytime you have a life event, so a birth, a death, a marriage, a you know divorce, you get buy a house or any big life event, you move, you, you come from another state or you're snowboarding now, uh, always have your plan looked at to see if there's any changes we need to address as well. Can you talk really quick about um, in your trust and owning property, what's the best way to do that? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's facts. facts, facts. Fact specific. Depends. That's like mm-hmm. the famous attorney answer, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Depends on, is it a married couple who have, are they blended family? Maybe that has a difference than married, okay. you know, people who have their own kids together. Um, it really just depends. Um, there's multiple ways to own property in Arizona. If you do uh, own property with someone else with right of survivorship can be a really great alternative to make sure when the first person dies, the second person still owns the property but that's only if they want that scenario to happen. Mm-hmm. So you always have to think through what are the actual end results and goals to see how to, to title property. Awesome. But if you're married, community property is always a good way to title it because you get a step up in basis for tax purposes. Mm-hmm. So What does that mean? So it means um, it, for community property states, let's say you buy a house at $100,000, which that's not going to happen. But let's say right. you did, right. right, here in Gilbert? Easy math. Easy <laughs> math, right? If the first spouse died, it was worth 300000 at that time. Well, there's $200,000 gain in that house. You get a step up to that gain. And let's say the second spouse dies and is now worth $700,000. We step it up again to the $700,000. So now there's no capital gains tax when you give it as the inheritance to the kids. Nice. So it has a tax consequence depending on how you own property but beneficiary deeds are fantastic here in arizona and a lot of people don't know that there are deeds that we can say what happens to our house when we die so it avoids probate court Mm. and those i highly recommend if you don't have a trust and you don't have your house titled in the name of a trust then absolutely use a beneficiary deed to avoid probate court good to know Becky, I'm going to switch gears a little bit with you. Mm -hmm. Um, You are, one of the things that I really love and admire about you is your heart for community. Mm -hmm. You are um, always one that will step up to help serve the community, to give back to the community, which is totally who we are as well. And I think that's why we get along so well. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about that and maybe share some of the things that you've done? Yeah, I think, you know, it was my mom growing up. She always told me to give a good day, Mm. not have a good day. So I think it started at a really young age. Like, how can I give back? Because, you know, we grew up poor. So we existed because our, our kind community and our neighbors and, and people would always give to us when we needed it. So it's my turn now. Um, and I, I've, I go to Rock Point Church. So I've been a volunteer at Rock Point since their doors opened um, at the bigger campus. Uh, it's about 10 years now. Um, so I do a lot with their guest service team, which is super fun. Um, I've currently still on the Power Ranch HOA. I, I did a stint, then I got off for a while, then went back to it. I think I'm a glutton for punishment sometimes, <laughs> but 
Um, I love being a part of the community. Uh, we both worked on the barn project, yes. actually getting the barn renovated. So, so cool. it's so fun to see when you your hard work pay off and you can visualize it and see it in the For community, sure. different things that you've, you've worked on. So that's been really cool. Um, I was just on the landscape committee, so we're getting a new landscaper, which... Yes. I'm really excited about. So um, that's been great just to also give back to where I live. Uh, we do a charity partner every year at Chaluka Law. So we just had a staff meeting just to talk about who we wanted to adopt next year. So we've done like House of Refuge before and Midwest Food Bank. We did Boost a Foster Family this year. So um, that's always really fun to get my team involved as far as who we're going to adopt for next year. It's going to be pet related next year. Ooh. So we're excited about that. <laughs> um, I've been on advisory boards for assisted living facilities out here, small business alliance. I, I worked with, with years to help other small business owners. So that's kind of the fun part. That's, that's my passion part is, I love that. is having the opportunity to have time to give back. Mm -hmm. I love that because I think that when you look at your career and the success that you've had, um, and I feel the same that like, I'm so grateful for that, that it's like, you just naturally want to give back. Right. And just mm -hmm. because you're so thankful and you're hyper local. Mm -hmm. So you really have made a really great name for yourself, specifically here in Power Ranch, which is super awesome. Power Ranch is awesome. It's awesome. And, you know, I've lived here. I'm an original owner from 2004. Yeah. So I, in the same house, I'm like, I think there's like one other neighbor who's right. on, you know, you know, everybody else has changed over five times. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great neighborhood. It's, uh, you know, I love all the activities, even if we don't do them all, totally. all the time, because my kids are grown a little bit now, right? Yes. It changes. Yes. Um, but it's, it's just a great place to live. And now that my office is also located in Power Ranch. It's a yes. short, short commute. Short commute. It's awesome. My son goes to school a mile away. So my world has gotten a little small as far as my driving, which I have no complaints right? about. Yeah. So yeah, you had a little bit of a commute before and now. Yep. Yeah. We were in downtown Gilbert for 10 years and a uh, great area, ate out a lot, which gained a lot of weight. Um, but parking got really difficult down there. Yes. So it's, th that's also a nice perk being out here is parking isn't a problem. So how long have you been in that office? Uh, I think we're going on three years, maybe now three years. Okay. In the spring. It's a nice frontage to Pecos. Too. Yes. When we were looking, we were, we looked out here for a while and I kept telling my commercial realtor, I'm like, this is the land I want. It's right here. When they get ready to build, you're going to call me and you're going to let me know. Cause we couldn't find anything. And he called about six months later and said, I heard they're getting ready to build. I'm yeah. like, okay, we're buying one, put our name in. So we were like the first ones wow. to get in over I there. Did, were you in a lease or before? Yeah, we were, okay. we were leasing before. Oh, nice. So now we own, which is great. And that's super great too, mm -hmm. right? Um, so Becky, if someone, who's your ideal client? Mm -hmm. So ideal clients, one people who are nice. Mm. I, I have a lot of people who are just, they're just great. Like we just, somebody brought us some chocolate the other day. I had a client once he liked chips. He liked Lay's potato chips. So we stocked him in the office cause he would just pop in and yeah. have a bag of Lay's potato chips. I mean, I love people that I just want to talk to them and yeah. yes just nice. Like we don't like bad, you know, yeah. in the office. That's why I don't litigate anymore. We just yeah. didn't want it in the office anymore. Yeah. So I know that sounds weird. People are like, who do you like? I'm like, I like nice people. Yeah. That's who I like. Okay. That's a great answer. But you know, m most of my clients are over 50. Most of my clients, um, live in the Southeast Valley. Mm -hmm. Uh, most of my clients have a home. Um, some of my clients are snowbirds, so we're dealing with documents here. And then they also may have documents in Kansas or Ohio or wherever they're from. I have a lot of blended family clients. I don't know if that's just because of where we live, Interesting. Um, but a lot of blended family clients, which is kind of um, more challenging as far as planning goes. There's more issues we need to oh, address yeah. in that plan. I'm sure. So, yeah. Speaking as a daughter of a blended mm -hmm. family. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember them telling me all this stuff. I'm like, okay, good yeah. to know. Good to know. <laughs> yep. Um, well, Becky, what else should we have asked you that we didn't ask you? Uh, what am I doing for Christmas? No. Okay. <sighs> well, yeah, tell yeah. us. Talk about that. Uh, you know what? This is this is a cool thing. We talked about work-life balance yes. a little bit before we got on. And uh, we built a home up in Pine Top, which we're hoping to use for retirement later in life. Um, but we go up. This is our, will be our first Christmas up there. We're wow. very excited. Um, a white Christmas. White Christmas. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. It'll be <laughs> so exciting. And this is the great thing. I, I took a sabbatical this year. So... Uh, for business owners who are trying to achieve that, feel free to call me because it's it, it was an amazing experience. I took a whole month off. Wow. My son and I just hung out at Pine Top and played video games and watched movies and took hikes. And I went antiquing. It was it was great time away and to be with family. Yeah. Was it hard? Um, I thought it was going to be, and it wasn't. Hmm. I literally relaxed in like the first day. And then I was like, okay, I don't ever have to go back to work again. Wow. Um, but it, as a business owner, it was also really good to figure out, okay, what's broken in the business when I come back that we need to address. Mm-hmm. And which was part of the point of doing it to begin with. You had to do some work to set that up. Definitely. I spent a lot of work setting it up. But when I came back, actually there was one improvement idea and that was it. Like everything worked beautifully. And as a business owner, that was really great to see because you know, I've broken my knee before and I was out of the office and, you know, you want to make sure, I mean, I, we support other families too, our, our employees, and we want to make sure the business is strong and steady, even if something should yeah. happen to me. So that's super cool. I didn't know that. Was that mm-hmm. in the summer that, that you was did that? over the summer? Yeah. That's amazing. What yeah. are some of your ahas that came from that? Um, maybe personally, professionally, you kind of shared some yep. of the professional ones. But so yeah. one of the ahas is I work with a business coach I have for years and th- they only work with attorneys. And, and what I love about them is their whole motto is great practice, great life. Mm. So it's not about just building your business. It's it, great if you build a business and it's awesome, but what does your life look yeah. like? Because attorneys actually have some of the highest suicide rates in any profession consistently. Um, we have some of the highest drug rates consistently, wow. more than doctors. I would so, assume divorce too then, right? High divorce, a lot of burnout. Um, so it's a profession that if you don't safeguard your balance and your time with family, you could really go down a dark road really quick. And a lot of my colleagues are there and it's really hard to see them go through that. And it's something I just really want to intentionally make sure I'm putting family first and um, being able to do that and just realize I'm working on my great life and also my great practice is um, it was, uh, that was my aha. I I always have to continually and intentionally do both. I love that. That's huge. We we were talking before we started just the, I was saying that I've, the powerful women that I know that are really successful in their businesses. One thing that I've, I'm starting to see that's a common commonality is that they've burnt out. They've worked themselves to the bone and they missed out on family time and they get to a place where they're like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make some changes. And what ends up happening is they actually end up doing really well in their business after that because they're more intentional. And then they have that amazing family time too. Yep. And when, as your kids get older, right, you start to mm-hmm. realize how fast the time goes. Absolutely. So you you don't want to miss out on any of that. And we have, in, in Arizona, we have a, a really great bunch of attorney colleagues in estate planning, and it's called Through the Wealth Council. And there's one person, and he's great, Mark Bregman. He's one of my mentors, but he does a Saturday session every morning for attorneys to dive into certain topics. And I've never been to it because it's Saturday morning and I don't care if it's a webinar. I don't care if it's easy to jump on. And I have so many people like, oh, I missed it. I got to go. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm home with my family on Saturday. That's, 
that is my boundary. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful that more people, if they hear our stories yes. like that, that they can realize they can do that too, because it's that. very empowering. It really is. And then you get to live your life on purpose with intentionality and it's just better. Absolutely. Right. And if that means for me personally that I do a little less business, I'm okay with that. And you right? won't regret it later. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite people in the world that I've ever met, her name was Elizabeth and business owner. And she's like, Becky, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to say no from her because it's really easy to have everybody ask, do this, do this, especially yes, as a mom, right? right? Do this, do that, do this. And if it's not something you really want to do, you need to learn to say no. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Becky, that was awesome. We have a little speed round question okay. for you, okay? Favorite food? Pasta. Favorite color? Green. Favorite sound? Ocean. Favorite book? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> Good one. Honestly, my Bible. Oh. Favorite podcast? Are you a podcast? I, I'm listener? sort of, but I can't remember the name of it. And it's an illegal, it's a legal ethics guy, and he's hysterical, but I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Okay. Well, but, he, but it's a, it's a it's legal field, but it's comedic. Okay. So <laughs> you probably need that yeah, in your yeah. line of work. Last but not least, favorite vacation. Oh, uh, we went to um, Africa. We went to South Africa and Zimbabwe a few years ago as a family. It was amazing. So cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Becky, yeah. for sharing and inspiring. And I love that little story that we ended on. That was awesome. Good. Thanks, Becky. Thanks for both of you. Thanks for listening to The Real Deal, where real estate meets real life. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the Home Selling Team on YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify to stay up to date with our podcast.